When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the FLA Cats Hockey Podcast. This is your host, David Rodriguez, with my co-host, Ryan Keelan and Kirby Lupul. Ryan, it's been a minute. Uh, just checking in on you. How are you, my friend? Kirby, glad to hear from you. Ryan, how are we doing? I'm I'm doing good. Um, I wanted to start off giving a little a little shameless plug, as you call it. Um, I started, you know, talking in the in the discord of the community recently. It's it's pretty fun. Um, I met up with we we met up with Sez and um, what was it Five Nights at Kachucks? Is that yep. it? Kachuk. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna do the plug for you today, David. Um, we need more people in the Discord. <laughs> it's a good time, you know, to talk about hockey during the Panthers game. Even you know, even when the Panthers aren't playing on you know off day, I go in there and there's people talking. So it's a good time. So I suggest more people to join that. So and other than that, I'm doing pretty well. How are you guys? I'm good, Ryan. And on that front, um, we were watching a little kind of watch party with the Islanders in Tampa Bay about a week or so back. And mm-hmm. Ryan even posted a little video. So <laughs> uh, it's always <laughs> nice having Ryan in the chat. People are always messaging me in the community. Where's Ryan? We want more of Ryan. So Ryan did drop by one night. I don't know if it's a game that you missed, David, going live, um, home game. Uh, Ryan dropped by spaces that night. And then, you know, in the Discord, it's always nice having the entire crew together there. Um, yeah. And we're building a lot of things there in discord and a lot of plans ahead here for the end of this year, David, and, you know, even into the off season here. Absolutely. Like you said, the discord continues to grow per day and we continue to add, you know, a member or two per day. So it's always fun, new faces and new, new uh, family members, like we call it, like to call it in the discord. So always a good time for sure. Not just during Panthers games, but uh, during other NHL games while we're watching. I'm sure it's active right now, watching a couple of the games that uh, we've got our eyes on for the Florida Panthers for sure. So, like I said, it's been a little bit since we recorded. Uh, I was in uh, Islands of Adventure and Universal last weekend. Brian, I know you're a big fan of the theme parks, and hopefully we get you know plan something over the summer to go together and mm-hmm. uh, enjoy the the roller coasters out there. The coaster was good. The coaster was great. Kirby, if you're a fan of the roller coasters and stuff like that, I would definitely recommend Islands of Adventure one day because a lot of good roller coasters. They got Harry Potter World. Uh, they've got that Marvel area. So real fun, uh, especially with my son who's growing up. Uh, he's he's kind of in that middle tier rides range where uh, Ryan, I think you could know what uh, the King yeah. Kong ride, I I guess yeah. you want to call it. He's on like that that uh, simulation yeah. type of ride. Can't go on the big ones yet. <clears throat> exactly. He can't go on like the big coasters, but. I'll force yeah. him on one in another. <laughs> yeah, always fun for sure. We had a good time. So uh, caught us off guard that we couldn't record over the weekend, but we're excited to be back today. Obviously, it's been about six games or seven games since we last recorded. Um, and the Panthers are four and two during that stretch. Uh, nice win against Anaheim at home. Uh, nice early bird kind of kids day game. Uh, that was really fun to attend. Uh, then they got a stinker in at home against Buffalo, a big game that we knew was important. Um, then we got a nice road win in Tampa four one. Obviously, uh, optimism was high after beating Tampa. Then we came back home for the next three, which Nashville, we had a stinker. It was a pretty even game, uh, lost 2-1 in that one. But uh, we knew that big games were still ahead of us with Pittsburgh. 4-1 game, the return of Sam Bennett, the return of uh, Alexander Barkov. Ryan, a little talk about that Penguins game a little bit. Uh, we know that big Bobrovsky save that kind of still remembering in my head right now. Uh, it was good to have Bennett and Barkov back, I guess we could say. Yeah, that was, um, you know, that was a huge game to beat a team that we're battling with. Um, I think I think Pittsburgh is going to keep that spot. I think it's pretty much between us and the Islanders. But yeah, Barkov had two assists for Hagee, had a goal. We we looked pretty good. Lester Reinen, I just want to say, has been playing very well. Uh, I, I kind of not wrote him off last year, but I don't know. I said he should be a fourth line center, but... 
kind of going off topic there lister ryan in every game now is doing something where i'm like yeah this guy this guy belongs this guy is very beneficial to us so Hmm. yeah shout out to him yeah kirby i know you've been high on lister ryan as well and and a lot of people in our discord as well have uh, mentioned yet he's been a top five player for us the past month or so um so you know just talking about lister ryan in that pittsburgh game specifically anything that you remember that stood out to you and and such it looked like a great atmosphere of a game to be at yeah, that was big because um we've talked about quite a bit on spaces and within the community. Um, The Buffalo game to me was really frustrating. The Nashville game was the game that we missed about 21 shots on net. Mm-hmm. Um, They also had a lot of block shots, Nashville in that game. So that was tough to see. But the team really rebounded in the Pittsburgh game when, you know, you get your two number one centers back. Um, Neutral zone ice becomes a lot easier where you're able to move the puck and transport the puck. And I think we do take that for granted, especially when a guy like Barkoff's out of the lineup. But Someone like Bennett, I've said he's probably been a top four, top five MVP for us this year. And then when you add Lusto to that mix where you can play him on the wing, I'm hoping eventually like Lundell and Lusto settle back into center position long term. Mm-hmm. But right now, how well you have Eric Stahl playing, you kind of have those guys on the wing there. So again, like teams that were chasing, I think I said earlier it was the Tampa Bay Islanders game, it was Tampa Bay Buffalo, um, because we've been scoreboard watching Buffalo, we've been scoreboard watching the Islanders. And I agree with Ryan there. I'm thinking like with the Penguins games in hand, um, it's probably going to be that one spot that the Panthers are going to be chasing. It's going to be with the Islanders there. So also update the Penguins right now are winning three to one over the Islanders. So, and I want the Penguins to win that game over the Islanders. And I know people have disagreed with me on that, Ryan, on, on Twitter and everything like that, but uh, the Panthers will have a couple games in hand on the Islanders Yeah, with the weekend sure. set up here ahead that everyone's going to be listening whenever you're listening to this podcast. So the Panthers are able to have kind of their own fate in their hands. And David, we haven't really been able to say that a lot with the Panthers with all the games they've had. Win one, lose one, win one, lose one. Right now, currently, as this recording, two-game winning streak. Let's see if they can extend it to three or four games. Yeah, and I yeah. think – no, go ahead, Ryan. No, we, we've been getting a lot of help. I, I think it's just us or the Islanders for that last spot. And then, you know, maybe Ottawa. I just – I don't think Ottawa is good enough yet at this point to to hold up for another, you know, 17 games or whatever. They've got two goalies hurt, too. They got two goalies hurt right now, yeah. Ryan. They've yeah. lost Forsberg for the year, I believe. Josh and they Norris. just lost Yeah, Josh Norris is still I mean, the number one. Yeah, they're I don't think they're gonna be able to keep up. It's I think it's a three team race, you know, Islanders, Pittsburgh, Florida right now. Yeah, I know Washington hangs around. I think Detroit's still hanging around, but like you said, I think the healthiest team of those that you could really pick out have to be the Panthers at this point right now. Uh Islanders are missing Barzell. You guys mentioned the goaltending problems that they're having in in Ottawa, and then the Caps are missing. Uh, still, they're missing Carlson, who's been out for a long time. So there's a lot I of. I think Tuck's out for Buffalo. Right yeah, Tuck is out for Buffalo. Yeah. I think they had someone else. Darlene was day to day, but I think he's back now. But I think the one thing that has been really consistent now in the last six games since we've spoken has been Bobrovsky's play. I think we can all agree that he's been playing at that level that we've hoped he could give us for you know thirty game stretches that you know he can steal a game or two here to to really you know turn the corner where we win a 2-1 game or a 3-1 game. Uh in the last 4 games the Panthers have only given up 5 goals and I think only one one or two have been on 5 on 5. The rest were on power play. So Bobrovsky's really turned the corner the last especially the last two games. I'd say even in Nashville a 2-1 loss and then in Tampa a 4-1 win. Bobrovsky's been probably the MVP of this of the last you know six games for sure. Um, he hasn't allowed four goals. He hasn't allowed four goals since February 18th, and he was the goalie of the week with those. Yeah, there's the Nashville that Nashville debacle that um, you know we we talked about this off air, just you know mentioning about Spencer Knight, and we you know we hope that you know the help that he's getting right now um, is very important in his young career. Obviously, we wish him the best and. Um, for those that don't know, Knight is in the players' uh, rehabilitation program right now for the NHL. So, whatever the case is, whether it's uh, you know, I'm not going to mention anything specific, but whatever it is, you hope that he gets the help that he needs to come back. Because you know, we've talked about goaltending a lot, and we know that Knight is an important piece for the future. So, we hope the best for him uh, and his recovery back uh, to the league for sure. So. And David, but, how much people have been saying on Twitter all season long, you know, four goal ski, right? Four goal ski. Yeah. Get rid of Bob. It's, you know, he's done, right? So many yeah, people have been written off about 53 times this year, Ryan, by the fan. It was due early in the year. I mean, 
he didn't have the best start, but he's the second half of the year. He's carrying us. So that's all you can ask for in a $10 million man. Absolutely. And, and, you know, to, to step away now from the Pittsburgh game, we turn our attentions to Vegas, um, which happened on Tuesday night. Again, another grinder of a game where both teams were had good stretches of five on five play. Both teams were getting a couple power play opportunities to maybe pull away or tie the game. And both teams played really well. I think it was a pretty balanced game to say the least from a non-biased point of view. And the Panthers were able to secure two big points um, at home against a tough Vegas team. I think that had won four in a row before that and was atop the, uh, the Western conference when we had played them. So yeah, obviously two big wins at home uh, to keep, to keep us on pace with the, with the playoff push. Um so yeah, I think obviously having Barkov back has been really nice. But uh, one player I wanted to talk about that we've praised a lot this year and maybe um, don't want to be too critical on is is Kachuk's uh, recent, I guess we could say, goal drought. Uh, I think he has one goal in the last 10 games. Uh, any concern there from you guys uh, as far as just one goal in the last 10 games from uh, Kachuk? No, and I think tomorrow against uh, Chicago is the perfect, you know, get right game. I think, I think he'll be shooting a lot. He'll have a big night at home. Um, I'm not, I'm not too concerned about Kachuk right now. And especially cause we're starting to win more, you know, you can't get too upset right now. I, I pulled up some stats on Kachuk here. Cause I know we were going to talk about him here tonight, David. And um, just in that Nashville game there, I think we had 78 attempted shots and we only had 30 shots on net. So again, wow. it's one of those things I looked into kind of shooting percentages and how the Panthers have been. And I know Kachuk, he's down about, he's, he was at 16.6 last year in Calgary. He's at 11.4 this year and, and 13.1 over his career. And he's putting up huge numbers. He's probably dropped off a little bit in the last 12. I think it's one goal in 12 games. He's got three points in his last five, and his last goal was back to February 18th against Nashville. Hmm. And the power play thing, that's the thing that's starting to become a concern again. The last power play point he had was dating back to February 6th. So Kachuk's got to get, you know, producing a little bit more on the power play, get in front of the net. He's getting shots on net, David. I think I looked up, he's only had two games this year with zero shots on net. So if you look over his last few games, he's had four shots, six shots, four shots. But I just think... He needs to be more effective in front of the net, um, a little bit more visible maybe on the power play of the team overall, right? Um, but if you look at all the per- shooting percentage numbers this year, outside of Verhage, David and Ryan, he's the only guy that's above last year and kind of around his career numbers. So across the board, Lundell's at 7.5, Bennett's at 8.5, Barkoff's at 10.8, uh, Reinhardt's at 11.7, right around where Kachuk is. Mm. So, you know, hopefully that starts to t- turn the tide a bit. Um you know, team has to hit the net, <laughs> but yeah. uh, yeah, just kind of get back to where we were on the power play, you know, a little while back. Yeah. I mean, he's still putting up the points. He's at 81 points now with uh, in 62 games played, but uh, you know, in the last, like you said, 12 or so games since that Tampa game on February 6th, uh, they've all been pretty much uh, two assists blank, two assists blank, two assists blank, one assist blank, two assists blank. So uh, kind mm-hmm. of choppy waters there as far as uh, consistent play, but some of those might be secondary assists too, David, right? Yeah. Which is less impactful as well, right? Yeah. And like I had mentioned, I think when you know during spaces or or uh, when we spoke, Kirby, you know, there's there's obviously some plays that don't go necessarily on the stat sheet that uh, still make him very impactful during the game. Yep. Obviously, in the Vegas game, I think he blocked a shot and he was obviously in, in major pain. Um, and he was able to, you know, scramble around and, and get a good clearance out of the zone. You know, that's the one play I remember specifically. And him walking back and forth, you know, during the hallway of the locker room for like three, four minutes, just trying to shake it off, shake it off. Um, so like we said, just little impactful plays that don't necessarily pop up on the stat sheet. But when you look at the charts after the game, um, you know, he's still very well balanced as far as analytics are concerned on offense and defense so yeah and he, was without, his, he was without his center too bennett too right ryan so that hurts yeah that's yeah. true yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll put up three points this weekend probably a goal two assists i'm not worried i think he's gonna <laughs> have a great weekend i think so will the cats as well ryan's alluding to his bets here <laughs> i mean yeah i might i might do it tomorrow against chicago i i think chicago's the worst team in the league so right. i think that's a good spot yeah, I'm not too concerned about him. I'm, you know, like we've said, yeah. he's been he's been really consistent all year, and and then he'll have a big game 
uh, to kind of shut us up a little bit if we're concerned. But you had that poll with with the fans about if he's going to reach a hundred. So mm-hmm. you know, I don't think it's going to be the Huberto number of last year, but he should be right around that. Yeah, he, he's flirting around. I think uh, I checked. I might have checked before the game on Tuesday, so he was projected at around 104 103 okay so i'm not sure if that dropped um because of that no for uh that offer in vegas but um yeah i'd say he's probably around that 100 point pace if he can continue to point and also online today i saw i believe second place on some people's rankings oh here we go oh boy you still are saying that one of my stretch though and he hasn't even been hot he hasn't even he can't be after that stretch yeah there's no way you guys bump like allmark and yeah, I think I think Allmark has got that second place locked in for sure right now. Maybe Leon's even got a bump up, but the other yeah. guys have cooled off a bit, you know. Kucherov's been hot. He's at 91 points now in 64 games again. Carlson's keeping his pace, but I don't know if he's going to break records there. Right. But... Yeah, he's at 82 points. He's still he's still slinging it. Uh, but Kucherov, it's interesting for Kucherov because I think this is his, this is his first full year at 82 games. Since his MVP season, wow, um, okay. back in eighteen nineteen, where he had one hundred and twenty eight points, um, obviously with the COVID shortened seasons, he's he's been uh, limited as far as mass amount of points, and he's not quite at that one twenty eight point pace, but he's probably at a pace at about one hundred and ten, one hundred and fifteen right now. Uh, but David, do you think that hurts him with guys like Tage Thompson, Eric Carlson, Matthew Kachuk, oh. Allmark, those newer names that are. Kind yeah, of- for sure. I mean, we, we've all talked about Kucherov a lot and I don't want to talk about him too much, but obviously one of the best playmakers in the, in the NHL, um, 66 assists puts him at second place behind uh, Connor McDaddy, who's just having out of this world season right now. So, yeah, I'd say Kucherov has got to be, you know, top three right now, if if not, you know, right in front yeah. of Allmark. But yeah, Allmark, fantastic season, better season than, than uh, Shesterkin had last year. And we thought Shesterkin's uh, season last year was historic. That's crazy if he's keeping that pace. And and Allmark, if he's taking MVP votes away from Pasternak, who everyone just sleeps yeah. on every year, just consistent, he's there with 84 points. But those two might take might rob each other of the votes, just like McDavid obviously robs Dreisaitl of even maybe potentially getting nominated. And he's looking at, like, I'm second, third here every year. But right. right. That nomination. Yeah, I, w- I would say that Kachuk has slipped down a little bit, Ryan. I think you'd agree on that. Uh, maybe not top three, maybe um, top five. Yeah, he yeah he's gonna be he's in the top seven. Kirby, we'll give him that. You guys are pushing him. You guys are pushing him as far down as the analytics community did on Huberdo. That's all. No, no, but like Pastern, there's so many good players. Like there's, it's nothing against Kachuk. I mean, maybe if Kachuk, you know, didn't have this dud he had the last ten games, and he had like maybe four goals and a few more assists. I mean, he'd be. Yeah, I agree with you. He'd be fourth in the league in points. He's he's three back of uh, Pasternak, so. That could yeah, change things. But, but McDavid's gonna go off soon. McDavid's got that locked in, boys. I think it's, it's a ho- historical season for McDavid. Easy he's, to he's say. winning no matter what. He could potentially have 150 points, guys. That's, yeah, that's I hope crazy. he gets it. I hope he gets that's it. what his pace was during the, the yeah. COVID year. The yeah, Canadian. that's crazy. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, one more thing before we go to commercial break. I had done a you know a poll uh relatively um long ago. It's it's you know it's been a minute since we, we spoke, but um, it was it was about uh, ten days ago, and it was talking about Aaron Eckblad's um, grade for the season. Um, there were over one thousand votes, just about one thousand fifty, let's just say, and fifty two percent of those votes gave him a C grade, twenty percent gave him a B, while twenty five percent gave him a D to F. Only three percent gave him an A. Um, since then, I would say that Ekblad has probably played a bit better than maybe yep. that C grade. I'm not sure if you guys agree with me on that, but uh, just overall quick, you know, a uh, little mention about Ekblad and what you guys think so far or lately. Our, I mean, yeah, he's had a few good games in a row, but, you know, first overall pick having 28 points, he's going to get a C from me. I don't care that his last, you know, few games, few weeks have been better he's he's a c in my book i i bump him up i had him at c minus or d but i agree with you david he's played better so like that was the grade at the time that wasn't his official grade on the year so i think i was in the 25 percent because i kind of had him at c minus d but i might bump him up around a you know a c minus to a c now i guess where the majority were at 52 percent as i'm looking at it here 
Right. Um, definitely. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I'm hoping. I, I, I even had like a grade in my head on Barkoff and feel like to me, he's a BB minus. Um, this and look, even looking at his contract, Ekblad, like he's not playing up to it. So mm-hmm. you can't put him any higher than a C in my opinion. Yeah. And he's getting power play one minutes, right? Ryan, yeah. he's on the first pairing. You kind of judge, you have to judge monitor. the player for what they are, right? You can't judge Lusto on the same curve as, as Ekblad or Montur, Montur, right. or like Mark Stahl on the same curve as, um, Ekblad, you have to kind of look at it that way. That's how I look at it, anyways. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree with you guys there. I think, like I said, uh, C was fifty-two percent, so over five hundred votes went to to C. So I think the majority of the fan base is on the same page um, as you guys for sure. And then one more um, uh, poll that I did about a week ago was talking about Eric Stahl. Um, what was what has been your overall thoughts on Eric Stahl this season? Uh, with over five hundred and fifty votes on that one. Uh, the options were better than expected, about what I expected, worse than I expected, and uh, obviously the good old I don't care, let me see the results um, option. So 78% actually said better than expected. So about 80% of the votes saying that uh, Eric Stahl has actually surprised them on how effective he's been. We've talked about the third line, uh, not just in Spaces Kirby, but maybe a little bit here, but that third line's been really good, and I think Eric Stahl has been a major part of it. Um, you know, quick quick little talks about Eric Stahl here. Yeah, that's something that we kind of looked at that fourth line when Giovanni Smith was in the lineup and then he was injured. So the kind of everyone had to bump up on that third line with, you know, players out of the lineup, not to mention Bennett Barkoff. But even if there's another guy out, kind of put a lot of pressure on that third line. And I think I'll say namely Eric Stahl and Lomberg have really been the engine of that line. You're even seeing Cousins come around a bit. But yeah, Eric Stahl, um, he's my biggest miss over the last couple of years. Gudis, what he's brought to the team and what Eric Stahl's brought to the team this year. I was totally wrong on those signings. I will own that. Um, he's just really good player. And I think, David, you were one of the ones that picked up on it early, just his communication on the ice, yep. you being at the rink. Those little things matter. And then you start to see it replicated there, right? There was articles written about Eric Stahl and people got on that earlier in the year. And you kind of seen him, like he said, after that 20-game stretch, he started to get a groove going. And you don't always see that with veteran players. They kind of are what they are. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that extended playing time that Maurice has given him, PK time, stuff that you're seeing now on the third line where he's got promoted from the fourth line. Yep. You can't really ask for more in a veteran from Stahl. And maybe the team brings him back on a one-year minimum deal. Yeah, Ryan, anything on Kurt, on uh Eric Stahl there? Um I'll I'll join with Kirby. I mean, I, I don't I don't remember if, if how much we talked about it, but I missed on you know Eric Stahl as well. Like for that price that we got him at for what he's supposed to do, he's doing way more than I expected him to do, and obviously 70 whatever percent. And then Kirby, you you talked about the you know the communication stuff that David picked up. The guy the guy is you know usually drinking a couple Trulies. He does he can barely track the puck, so I don't know if he can. Even, oh, uh, David! Oh, I thought you were talking about golfers. Like what's going? <laughs> I don't know, David. <laughs> what? David picked, up, David picked up on that, and he picked up on some stuff during the playoffs last year too. So I kind of kind of buying into David picking up on those things, being ahead of the curve on. Should he be things. a video coach? Maybe Ryan. Ryan, the only games that I'm a little bit shaky is on those two. Tuesday truly games. The other nights I'm pretty good. You know, I thought David was shaky on some spaces call when he calls in. People yeah. have a yeah. few drinks at Disney or Universal <laughs> or wherever he's at. That I would question. But I don't know about at the games. But they, again, Ryan, you're there, so maybe you know better than me. Kirby, we need to get you there. I'm waiting. <laughs> soon. Yeah, soon, I know. Soon. I know. No, yeah, I, I you know, to piggyback on your Eric Stahl comments. Um, obviously when Bennett went down, uh Eric Stahl kind of picked up. Uh, his his kind of uh, position, you know, he averaged about 16, 17 minutes a game while Bennett was in that seven game absence or so. And then since Bennett's come back, his minutes have, or Eric Stahl's minutes have gone down to about 11 and a half, 12 minutes. Um, so like we said, Eric Stahl has been a fantastic, I think, addition to the team. Uh, he's kind of filled in that role. He's been really good. And I think uh, Jamie from our Discord and, and Twitter uh, has picked up that the PK has improved since Eric Stahl um, came back into the lineup. It was, you know, getting a lot of good minutes in that PK. So, yeah, we said we talked about a lot of a free agents that uh, Zito had missed on or maybe we couldn't afford. But uh, so far, I think Eric Stahl has done a very value, a val- valiant job uh, in his role with 22 points in 55 games. I mean, 12 goals. That's, that's, I think more than Huberdo right now. So that's not, not too bad. Not too bad. from Eric. Does he have more Eric shots Stahl. than Huberdo as well? 
Uh, last time we talked, Ryan, I think Huberto had about just under 100. And I'm looking at yeah. Eric Stahls right now, and he's at 86. So I still think ah, Hubie has a little him. bit more, but I think Hubie also has more games played. So maybe the shots per game are pretty. Yeah, I remember Eric Stahl wasn't in the lineup till they signed him. Yeah, he, he's only played 55 games, and I think you know probably Hubie's around 60-some. So they're probably at around uh, good shots per game kind of pace, um, I would say, to say the least. Because he had five shots against Vegas, so probably led the team in that uh, department uh, that night. So, yeah, obviously good stuff there by Eric Stahl. And, and uh, you know, the Panthers have been playing well. So uh, right after this commercial break, we're going to be talking a little bit more about uh, Sam Bennett, maybe some trade deadline stuff that we made a miss and some pickups that some teams made. And uh, obviously the Panthers are being a little bit quiet during that uh, deadline weekend. So, uh, after this quick short break, we'll be right back with much more. So hang tight, and we'll be right back. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down an all-major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first bet and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So obviously we know the trade deadline's now come and gone. The Panthers were kind of quiet. I think they were the only team, and Kirby, I think you had posted, the only team that actually didn't do any movement um, the week before the deadline as far as acquiring or maybe... Uh, shipping out pieces. Uh, so obviously the Panthers, I don't think that's ever happened before, especially since we've been following them uh, so closely for a team to not necessarily do anything um, across the board it was very strange, but it was kind of a vibe that a lot of people were, were, were maybe feeling that if anything, maybe a player like uh, Kirby, I know you mentioned Radko Gudis, if the price was right, was he potentially going to be moved? Um, we talked about maybe some other players, but um, how do you guys feel the Panthers did or maybe didn't do as far as the deadline is concerned? I had um, Ratko Gudis. I think some fans were a little optimistic seeing what the D prices were last year. Obviously, Ben Sherratt price that we've talked about at nauseum. I thought maybe like a second round pick. And that's something that you mentioned too, David, that we would maybe bite on and, and move Gudis on and grab that second round pick, even if they're contending or not. But, you know, I don't think that's waving the white flag. I also predicted that this was going to be Dennis Sankel's time with kind of the agent talk and things that I've heard on that. end. that's probably going to come now in the off season. And then maybe trying to move a Colin white for like a fifth or sixth round draft pick. Maybe, a bag so I thought of maybe those would be the moves I thought, but that's not earth shattering, but that's at least making some moves. I don't think that's saying to the fan base that we're just waving the white flag and we're not, we're giving in. And at this point, a lot of fans have kind of felt that way, David, but I haven't because we don't own that draft pick. I still think we have a legitimate shot at, you know, maybe not making the playoffs, but making a run at the wild card. So you don't really want to be in a seller mode when it comes to that. And like you said earlier in the podcast, the way that Bob's been playing and, you know, the team's got getting on a little bit of a run here against a couple of good teams in Vegas and Pittsburgh. And again, the team's Ryan, the other teams in this um, conference in this wild card race are not running away with it. So it's right. kind of leaving the Panthers in it. So yeah. I, I, and, and David, you've talked about the cap. It's, it's really tight and things that are able to make moves and mentioned even off air, like how Duclair's a, you know, an own rental, we're getting him back and he's looking good and sharp. So that's a guy added up front. I, I would have liked to add a D if we were going to add, you know, maybe like a fourth demon, a fifth demon um, that gives like less pressure. Mark Stahl, you can sit him, but you also have the option to call up Kerstad. And if you believe in Carlson enough mm-hmm. to call up those players um, and get them some starts too. Ryan, how do you feel? You think that the Panthers did what uh, they should have done, or maybe they missed on something. I mean, we, we couldn't have added anyone, you know, like Kirby said, good, maybe getting rid of Gudis if he's not going to resign would be fine. But yeah, there was nothing we really could have done. And like, 
I mean, it's not like all the teams around us fighting for a playoff spot, you know, other than the island. Like, the Penguins didn't do anything. Uh, um, I think they added um, Mikhail Granlund and, eh. and Kulikov and Kulikov. Eh, oh, yeah, Cooley, 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 yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you look good in that Anaheim game. But I think a lot of the media types I heard on on places, uh, Ryan, that they were thinking like Gudis is gone and that there was moves going to be made. So yeah. they missed the mark on that too. They weren't like Panthers are standing pat. There's going to be zero moves. No, they didn't even know. They thought there would be a few moves, right? So those are the ones that I kind of thought. Yeah, like you guys said, I know there was a lot of chitter chatter about Sam Reinhardt, Sam Bennett. Uh, was he going to be on the move? But uh, ultimately, I think... Zito figured we got to ride with what we have. Um, you know, the analytics say that uh, the team is still in good shape. It's just a matter of getting it all together. And so far since the all-star break, I'd say that the Panthers have been, have looked good. They've been healthy, which is very important now down the stretch. So um, yeah, obviously <clears throat> being quiet is never fun as far as content and uh, excitement is, is concerning, but uh, ultimately, maybe the prices just weren't good enough for some of these players, but obviously some big names are on the move. I think, Ryan, a, a guy you've been heavy on and for some reason really heavy on this team, uh, the New York Rangers yes, added <laughs> what you took them to win the East. Is that not so? True? I mean, it's possible, Kirby, right? The Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Ryan, Ryan took Igor of last year and Chris Kreider can find the net. Yeah, on the power they had play, a bad stretch is. recently. It's fine. Do you think Patrick? Do you think Patrick Kane them. helps them or hurts them right now? What hurts them? They've been struggling since they've got them. They'll be fine. They got to They got to take some time, get it together. But I mean, look, look. Patrick Kane is is probably Kirby. You can't comment on this because you're Canadian, the best American of all time, and it's true. Okay. I mean, I think he's going to help them. They have a solid team. You know, so to, so to David's point, are you going off past accolades or are you going off what's going to happen in the playoffs? No, I, I think he'll have a decent playoff. So, they, you know, they got Tarasenko as well. I think they made their team a lot better. I think they're they're a top they're a top four team in the East for sure. Easily. So you're full in on them and David's out on them. Oh, I, would, I'm in the Rangers. I wouldn't say I'm out, but I think that there's teams that are better than them uh, in the sure. East. That David, do you have them out against the New Jersey? I kind of have them one and done. Guys, Carolina. If if Pittsburgh, you know, at the time of recording, Pittsburgh is ahead of the Islanders, um, and at the moment, the the Rangers are tied three to three with the Montreal Canadiens of all teams. If Montreal squeaks two points uh, in regulation, and the Penguins squeak two points in regulation against the Islanders. They'll only be four points behind the Rangers for that third spot in the Metro. That's a lot. That's a lot at this uh, time of the same year. Same amount of games played, and I'm sure they have to play each other at least once or twice. So you never know. The Rangers have been slumping a bit, but uh, the Rangers better hope they play New Jersey. I don't like their chances against Carolina and Boston if they get into that wild card. They're gonna they'll beat New Jersey in the in the first. Yeah, round. I, I think so. I'm oh, not boy. I'm not big on New Jersey. They will. All right, all right. Well, speaking of New Jersey, they did add Timo Meyer, which was a, I think, a nine or ten player trade that was involved. Um, at the end of the day, uh, I think the Devils got a few prospects and a pick with with uh, Timo Meyer going there. But uh, that's a big ad. That's a big ad. He gives them a little bit more toughness. They're the smallest team that's in the playoff mix, so he he adds a little bit more size to them little bit more dimension um, that they don't really have in their other skilled players. So I think that's a good move, David. With my yeah, own. me too. I think that you give the Devils an A-plus for getting a player like that, and then you hope, uh, and then I assume that he would re-sign with them long-term. I know they uh, during the summer we talked about them being a team that has a lot of cap next year. So if they can re-sign Timo Meyer next year, I'm sure uh, it'll be nice and juicy for them to have a player like that that I think is 26 or 27. So still in the prime of his career and, you know, trajecting in the right trajectory. So uh, obviously a big get for New Jersey, a team that uh, isn't necessarily going all in right now, but uh, figure that there's a w- nice window right now to at least make a push for like an Eastern conference final appearance. Uh, if, if things go right against them. So a big acquisition there, uh, Ryan, anything on Timo Meyer, anything that, uh, you know, maybe a better acquisition than Patrick Kane, in my opinion. Oh, a hundred percent is a better acquisition, but I mean, New Jersey's still getting eliminated in the first round against the New York Rangers. Ryan, do you know who was sniffing around on, on Timo Meyer? Oh, the two Alberta teams, Calgary and Edmonton. I think it was Edmonton that wanted Edmonton. I saw, I did see that. Yeah. And Calgary was a bit too. So 
Calgary's done. Huh? I don't want to hear about that. Right. Yeah. Calgary and Florida are in the similar situation, but four points back. Nah, Florida has a chance. Calgary, Calgary's cooked. Oh, I kind of put them in the same. I put them in the same stratosphere. I'm right with now. you, Kirby. Really? I think they have like Winnipeg a 30. struggling, David, and I'm trying to get some Winnipeg people to drop by on spaces. They were, there, they were there earlier in the year when everything was going well. Yeah, I'd now say they're like they're around 30% chance like us kind of thing right now. Kirby, they suck. But their schedules, their schedules in their face. Yes, yes no. David. Yep. They, they have an easy uh, schedule. Um, and Winnip- did you look at Winnipeg's schedule? I, t- I might have tweeted it out earlier, David. They have Florida, Tampa, Carolina, Carolina. Boston, Nashville. That's like their next five, six games, Winnipeg. Winnipeg I think, is bad. I think they've them lost and seven Vegas. of their last eight. They're bad. They're a bad team. Them and I Vegas. I think they would drop like this. I think them and Vegas have the toughest Western Conference schedule remaining of the teams Oof. in the West. And Calgary. Because they have, have to play the East teams like when like Winnipeg right. does. Right. right. On the road too, David. Calgary still has to play, I think, Anaheim three more times. Yep. Still think they have to play San Jose at least once or twice. So Calgary, if they can, you know, right the ship, you know, they can maybe squeak into the wild card, potentially even third place or second place in that division. It's just not that good. It's not a good division. I don't believe in that division. Kirby, my three teams I'm betting against in the in the playoffs from the West are Minnesota, Vegas, and Winnipeg. And maybe even Seattle. I don't like Seattle either. The Kings will smoke them. Yeah, I can't. I can't argue with too many of those. There, I'm. I'm higher on Dallas and Colorado. Like those are the teams that yeah. I'm high on. So mm-hmm. you didn't mention them. Um, and you're always with. You didn't say Edmonton there, right? You're always with McJesus. I'm so. with. I'm with Edmonton, and wow. I, I like the King. I think the Kings are really good too. You know, Edmonton has to make some saves, just like Toronto. So yeah, that's a playoff time with them. So For sure. I like the moves by Toronto, David. Like, I know we don't need to go deep into them. I know they just lost Ryan O'Reilly, but I'm a big critic of Kyle Dubas, and I give him an AA plus for, for what they did at the deadline in Tampa Bay. A little leaky on that back end. So it'll be interesting if Toronto can try to right the ship, get healthy. It's likely yep. going to be a matchup. And we didn't talk about Boston. They got Orlov and Bertuzzi when they already set a record for fastest to 100 points. Yeah, that's yeah. Hathaway, too, from Washington and that yeah. deal, too. Uh, but I think they gave up a, was it a second? Uh, yeah, no, it was a f- conditional first mm-hmm. uh, for Bertuzzi. Um, and then probably one that uh, is, was a long time coming and actually surprised that this team was able to lock him in was Ottawa getting Jacob Chikrin. Um, yeah. You know, we knew Chikrin was was on his way out of Anna, uh, or Arizona, but uh, I, I didn't think Ottawa was probably, you know, top, you know, one or two, uh, place of you know place that he would want to go but you know the price that they paid which was a conditional first for 23 a second rounder in 24 and a second in 2026 i mean i gotta say ottawa pretty much i give him an a for for what they gave up for a type of player that chicken is at his age and, and the uh the cap is is relatively you know low for a player of that caliber i think you guys would agree maybe yes South Florida kid. Um, his grandpa lives in Ottawa, so it was a nice little story that I saw on that. So, um, at his games now and stuff like that. So yeah, I didn't really see that coming. Um, that move with Ottawa and just on um, Ryan, you can add on the Ottawa front a bit more. But I just wanted to say on the Boston front, um, if they're really liking Orloff and trying to lock him in, that might become like Carlo expendable. Uh, lower down on their depth chart, Connor Clifton. I think those would be good fits for the Panthers in the summer. So hopefully the Panthers can squeeze in there if um, Orloff's going to be locked up because I think that's a Panthers target. Um, some people would say Chikrin was, but the price was too high. And then the price dropped David. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting how long Arizona wait. Maybe like you say Ottawa's the winner of the deadline. Maybe Arizona's the loser. Uh, what about the Flyers as the loser? Yeah, there was a lot of chatter that they were trying to get rid of. What was it? Van, Van, Van Dream? Yeah, they didn't get rid of anything. Yeah, they didn't get any assets back for a team. Anaheim's name circling around again when they just signed him. I don't know what Philly's doing. Yeah, and like you said, Kirby, I think you would give at least Arizona maybe a B, B minus, C rating for what they were able to get back, especially for what you kind of was rumored as potential packages for for a player like that. I just think they held on for too long that players like um, that Edmonton were able to require. I think Minnesota got Klingberg for relatively cheap. Uh, Ekholm, Ekholm to Edmonton. Yeah, so there were players that were on the move that maybe you know made them a little bit desperate that hey we got to make something now or else 
uh, the, the price might even get more. Might lower. What, what if what if what if San Jose moves Eric Carlson this summer and they get a better deal than what Arizona did for Chikrin? That's a big sure. loss for Arizona. And they have like forty-two draft picks coming up. Most teams average around twenty-eight to thirty-two. Mm-hmm. You can't do everything with those forty-two draft picks. You have to be like like at the at the tables come draft weekend and be like moving up in the draft and then if you move up in the draft yeah. you still have to hit on that target that you're moving yeah. up for right david and ryan so it's, it's like, like the thunder the, the oklahoma city thunder had you know yep. so many first round picks and they you know didn't want to trade up but you i agree you can't have that many you got to make do and something that day like, comes right ryan and you waste that time you waste that opportunity and you draft a few busts yep and you're not you're just stuck in mud at that point that's what i worry about with arizona because they do have some forwards that are coming up that are really good but couldn't they have taken a deal from like florida maybe didn't want to move lundell knight but a deal from st louis with jake neighbors uh la with turcott that was rumored on the table or even byfield potentially and then they settle for that deal with ottawa i think that's a big l yeah la was my i think number one option if anything that he would have went to i think like we said they had a good young surge in their in their development and they had uh you know, relatively good and decent value of a first round pick to say the least. So I think that was my bet to to for Chikrin, but yeah, Ottawa didn't give away necessarily any prospects. So, you know, I think that's a W for Ottawa um, long-term for them. I think it'll be a nice fit. And uh, I actually saw a clip of Chikrin. I think it was after his first or second game in Ottawa and his grandfather was there and uh, yep. He he was downing like a, a Tim's donut or something. And they were like, you know, how does Apple that fritter? I think. <laughs> yeah, they they were like, how how did you know? How do you react? You know, seeing your grandfather up in the stands, you know, and he he kind of choked up. You know, I'm sure it was stressful for him. And obviously, like we said, his dad is still involved with the Panthers and uh, you know works for Valley Sports. So, uh, you know, and I remember when when he was you know up and coming and dra- you know in the draft, a lot of people were hoping that the, he would fall to the Panthers, but. Uh, obviously, the Chikrin family's uh, still very highly, um, I guess, touted here in South Florida. So, obviously, now he's in Ottawa, so we can't really cheer for him too much. But uh, you know, a lot of love for his dad, and he walks around the arena when when Valley isn't isn't uh, broadcasting the game. A so lot of guys fun. on that Ottawa roster that everyone's been looking at, right? Of late, oh Brady, look how he looked at the All Star game that you were at there, David, and then Chikrin. We saw Brady Kachuk try to fight the whole Red Wings bench. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did see that. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I think you actually voted one of the ugliest players in the NHL. I saw a tweet like that uh yesterday or today. That, Who was uh, Brady Kachuk? He like they said of oh, like, wow. they asked, like, do you think Brady Kachuk is attractive? And I think 94% said no. <laughs> did you guys see that team on did, did you guys see the Timo Meyer clip? Uh, Lex sent it to me earlier today. A guy drawn at him that he can't get any women in Halifax. Oh, yeah. Was it the Arizona guy, right? And yeah, the Arizona guy. Yeah, O'Brien. <laughs> Who's the ugliest player on the Panthers? Oh, ugliest player on the Panthers. Oh, well, dang. people are going to say stalls. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's going to hate us for that in the community. It's <laughs> mm, not man. really, again, as a heterosexual male, I don't know, like the stalls. Uh, who do you think, right? You think we have a handsome team? The defense is pretty uh they they they're they're rocking it back there. Yeah. I can't really think of a name. Like who's the ugliest guy on the team? People love the Lomberg float. People love the Duke style. Is it Colin White? (sighs) Yeah. What about people wouldn't say cousins? So Colin White, the stalls. I don't know. I mean, they're all good, kind of good looking. I wouldn't say that. Any of them are particularly like, oh my gosh, you can't really look at them. Like, I think Lister the, the Finn guys are kind of low maintenance, but there's a like you know a lot of the uh, women fan base like. I mean, Gudis, I don't know. I mean, if you're a beard person, yeah, yeah, the savage, the savage look, people yeah, like, like that. Bennett, he looks with that. Um, what type of hat is that called again, though? The Top old hat? school. Oh, the Peaky Blinders hat. Yeah, the Peaky Blinders hat. People, some I hate that. like I hate that her. look. <laughs> <laughs> No, but Bennett has his fan fan base for sure. Of course, Forsling does, Monteur does, Ekblad does. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Would you Lomb- say we have the most handsome team in the league? I mean, Lomberg's got that like kind of like rock star, maybe like mm-hmm. bad boy kind of look. That maybe- every he's cool with everyone. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, across the board. I don't know. It's tough, tough to really off. That was a good one, Ryan. You stumped me there. <laughs> Ryan must will say it has something to do with being in South Florida. Just yeah, yeah. You're a little tan. The sun makes you look good for sure. So, so like, who be struggling right now? You're thinking it's still. <laughs> I agree. 
He's got that big beard now. It's, he's all. He's I, all you need to have that. That's why I, I grow out a little bit more in the winter. Kirby, do you say this? My wife always says is Megane. Do you say that? Mega what? Megane, like uh, like I guess I don't know. It means like kind of like grump, like not grumpy, but like um, scruffy looking. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe no, it's just no, like, never heard that. Never heard Eastern that. Canada. Almost sound like French Canadian there. Maybe yeah, they're like a French Canadian. That's <laughs> where that's coming from. Her, I guess. French I guess. Maybe French some of my, maybe some of the listeners know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, maybe. Uber <laughs> followers in Eastern Canada. I don't know the Western Canada ones. They might be like, what? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, so yeah, the Panthers obviously quiet at the deadline. Like we said, I think it was something we expected. Uh, we had mentioned that Bennett was a name that was being thrown out there, and uh, there was a bit of a topic that uh, we were talking about in our Discord the last few nights that are. Our good friend Vincent, and I think you co-host your one of your spaces, Kirby. Um, you know, he did some research on second line centers and stuff like that. So I did a little bit of a list here of the rest of the Eastern Conference second line centers. And uh, I want to say their names and I want to see if you guys rate uh Sam Bennett above them um as far as that second center role. So okay. Uh first one I'll go with is Buffalo right now. Buffalo has Dylan cousins as their second line center. Ryan, would you put Sam Bennett above below, or maybe at an equal level of Dylan cousins? Right. Uh, Dylan cousins is he's below Dylan cousins. Dylan cousins is oh, brother. I, I have ooh, to say, ooh. what do you mean? Look at, look at his his season he's having. Okay, we don't have the numbers in front of us. Dave is just hitting us with these guys on the spot. Well, 25 so. goals, 30 assists for Dylan Cousins. He's having a great year. He's This is his third season, second or yeah, third season? third. Third? Um, I still have Bennett slightly there, but I think Cousins has a big trajectory up arrow now where, yeah, you know, in the next two, three years, I think I would probably take Cousins. But, like, we're talking right now, David. And the numbers that Vince was throwing out there, if people want to hit him up in our community, he was looking at second-line centers that won Stanley Cups. I mean, guys, But that even takes you to a different level. Like, you, we're looking at, for example, Nazem Kadri last year. But if it's Cousins versus Bennett, I would still lean Bennett. I would say that's a push. I say that's a push. Okay. All right. Well, Sam Bennett has never had 55 points, and Cousins already has had Not that. Just going off points, that, right, David? Right. Well, I, Buffalo, I understand Kirby, but and I like, don't have his charts in front of me. I don't have his charts, so I don't know what his. It's just I don't know. I'd take Cousins there. Buffalo is a high-scoring team, to say the least, and you know, offense is great, but you like to have a center that plays both ways sometimes. We were the highest scoring last year, and. He didn't have 55. And if we're talking playoffs, David, going like what 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 Vince was looking up those numbers and going deep into the playoffs, I think I'd rather at this point yeah. in time have been. We got, we got plenty of names here to cover. So that was just the first of 15. Next, I think I know where it's going to go. Evgeny Malkin, Pittsburgh Penguins. Still, still Malkin. Yeah. Malkin. Sure. Definitely Malkin. Islanders. Uh, there was a split on from different websites that I saw. Some had... Brock Nelson as the second line center and some had Bo Horvat. Um, so they probably split time at that center. So I'll say Brock Nelson. Um, would you guys say above below or equal to Sam Bennett above who's above who's above Brock Nelson's above Bennett. Uh, I was going to say a push there. People really underrate Brock Nelson. It's if close. it was Horvat, I take Horvat. Yeah, Brock Nelson, we forget, was an all-star. So yeah. He's, yeah, he's very underrated, though. You know he's how we solid. talk about our fan base, like Huberto, Barkoff, over the years being underrated? That mm-hmm. Brock Nelson, he'd be top five, top ten most underrated player maybe around the league annually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good uh, two-way player, to say the least. Kind of um, a push there. Yeah, I'd say push, too. I think um, he's been re- he's been relatively good this year, 61 points. Yeah, the numbers might look better, like, if you look at Brock Nelson. Yeah, you know, yeah. Nelson. yeah, I'd probably put him just slightly ahead of Bennett. And and he doesn't uh, miss many games either, right? So there's the yeah. durability thing there mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, next we have Montreal. They had Jonathan Drouin as the center, second line. Jonathan Drouin, the guy that the Panthers passed on for uh, Barkov. Barkov. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going Bennett there. Yeah, Bennett. I've never been a Drouin guy. I don't really care what his numbers are That's this year. Easy. If you're looking in a vacuum, which guy I'd rather have? I'm taking Bennett. Yeah. Okay. Next for New Jersey. Yeah, I think I'm going to go New Jersey here. They had Nico Heischer as the center. 
Oh, that's your boy. <laughs> Dirty chop. Well, can we get mad at Heesher after what um, Barkov did to Latang? So there's something that we didn't mention. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> little nutmeg, as, as Kirby ways. likes to say. I don't know what, where the nutmeg came from. <laughs> okay, I don't know what the sayings are, but yeah, I was wrong on the nutmeg thing. I guess I have to own up to it. Googled it. He's yeah, I, I would say he sure. Obviously, he yeah. Yeah, unintentionally yeah. hit Barco. Like now, and, and you look at like down the road, this playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, this is a tough one for me. Uh, Washington, they have Kuznetsov. I'm taking I'm taking Bennett there. I believe so. I am. Yeah, yeah. not by a lot, but Kuznetsov. He's he's got miles on him now at this point. Yeah, too. he's good. Uh, if yeah, they're both in the playoffs this year, like just say we both are in the playoffs this year, which one would you want? It's close. I'll, I'll leave it. It's close. Yeah, but I'll yeah that one's close too for me. Um, all right, Carolina, they have Kotkinemi. Kotkinemi. Yeah, Kotkinemi. He's a young player, um, kind of growing into his game right now. They got him from Montreal. They did that offer sheet to him there. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. kind of pissed off Carolina. Yeah. What would you guys say? I, I, that's another tough one for me. He's still what young. Are his numbers. Uh, let me pull him up right here. He's yeah, got, if you want to pull them up because I'm kind of thinking, but I'm leaning. He's got Bennett. thirty points, thirty points in sixty-two games. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning Bennett. I just think he's a good yeah. system player for what Carolina has there. But yeah, with them not having Trocheck anymore, it puts a lot of pressure on Kakinami. They've got like a lot of mixture at the center. They've got Seth Jarvis as a center spot. They've got Paul Stasny. They've got Kakinami. They've got Martin Nikas there too. Yeah. So. He's a good one. Yeah, a lot of people like him in our community. Yeah, they've got like four, like borderline two C's uh, behind like Sebastian Aho. So, um, yeah, so I'd say Bennett above Cognabi, but not maybe Martin Nikas. Uh, Philadelphia has Morgan Frost. Again, not really strong. Again, his dad is a pretty famous broadcaster back in the day up here in Canada, but that's easy. Bennett. Yeah, yeah, Bennett. Yeah, same for me. Uh, this is a close one for me too. Tampa has Nick Paul as their second center. Oh, I vision him as a three C. Now that's what I said. Bennett was going to be. Remember everyone mm-hmm. when we were talking about Lundell versus Bennett. Yep. But um, yeah, I'd like to have both, but uh, maybe slight edge to Bennett. Bennett. Yeah, Bennett. Yeah, Nick Paul's got thirty-one points in sixty-two games. Uh, they've also got Ross Colton in the mix there with uh, Sorelli, uh, who's got Sorelli 40... makes it closer. I yeah, don't he's know got forty-one that. points or forty-one games, twenty-one points. Sorelli, so kind and of he misses the same time too, just like Bennett has missed some time. Yeah, yeah. Those are guys yeah. That... yeah, their second C's are kind of again just a mixture of a couple guys that, uh, depending on their night, I guess. Where Bennett, uh, you can play. Just look at it this way, Bennett, you can play up the lineup higher. Those guys, can you in Tampa? Yeah, that's true. On that's center, true. that's going to be harder. Or Bennett can play some games at one C. That's true. That's true. All right, a few more here. We've got. Ooh, this is a tough one. Boston, David Krejci. I mean, He's having such a good year, and I know, I know, you always favor Boston a bit, there, Ryan. No, I don't like Boston at all. I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, like he's he's old, but like I, I, I don't know. He he surprised me this year. He's very surprised me. Uh, if you want to give Krejci kind of credit for this season, you could say push, but like moving forward, like in the next few months, moving next forward, season, Bennett, but yeah, Krejci yeah. this year for sure. Yeah, yeah you got to give him at least a push. I would yeah, say. Yeah, it's the Bruins are you know. Yeah, 50 points right in now. 57 games. And so. even if someone wants to pick Krejci over Bennett, I'm not going to argue that with this season. Right, right. right. Ottawa has Shane Pinto as their 2C. Oh, I like him. <laughs> yeah, he's going to I will. I will maybe make that trade. Um, Maybe give me I something would. else with that trade. But, yeah. that's He's got Pinto. 27 points in 63 games. I just like And is minus 16, minus 16. He's he's like an X factor there, and what people about, can say Bennett's an X factor for us with his physicality. What about Josh Norris? Uh, Josh Norris, where is he? He's well, he was out. This he, I know he's out, but like, yeah. wh- who would you take? Oh well, he's a number one. Probably center. Norris. Yeah, I take Norris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I put Bennett above Pinto right now. I think right now. Okay, for- I'm a Pinto guy, but yeah, that's Pinto's right a good goal scorer. So Detroit, Detroit, they have Andrew Cop. I like Andrew Kopp, but if he's their 2C instead of on the wing or the 3C, where I I think Kopp would be better on a championship team as like a second-line winger or third-line center. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll go Bennett. Bennett there as well. Yeah, I think I'll go Bennett too. Larkin's their number one, and then Kopp 
He's got 34 points in 64 games. Six goals. Only six goals. Only oh, six. yeah. Bennett. Um, <laughs> he's getting paid a lot, Cop, too. Yeah, he's getting paid a lot to only score six goals. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, two more. We've got uh Colorado or I'm sorry, Columbus and Boone Jenner. Yeah, I even I'll just be honest, I haven't really looked at Columbus's numbers this year. Boone okay. Jenner, he's done really well in the playoffs. The leader. Where I want to see Bennett do those things for Florida. I haven't seen it since the Flames. So you can look at Boone Jenner's numbers and how he's played in the playoffs. He's really good. But 82 game regular season, I probably would be going with Bennett. Yeah. He's the captain though. So yeah, Boone Jenner to me is like a, a Mark Derek McKenzie on steroids. Okay, I put him between a Bennett and McKenzie. Yeah, like right there, you know, like he's like a leader that, you know, you wouldn't want him as a captain, like if like he want him as the face of the franchise type of thing. But, but like, like in a playoff situation, I think he might play better when the lights are the brightest. And I like. Yeah, he's like a gritty guy. Yeah, leader. I got Boone Jenner as like the third, as the best number three center in the league. That's where I would really? put, describe okay. him. Interesting. Ryan's digging deep. Yeah, like you said, he's not like a 2C per se for yeah. most teams, but they have him yeah. as the 2C with like Jack Roslovic and Kent Johnson kind of in the mix too. So last one. Up, oh, sorry. I'm just pulling up his playoff numbers here. Um, Yeah, he's played like six games, five points, five games, three points, six yeah. games, three points. Yeah, he's 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 got 37 playoff games. So yeah, he, he's kind of one of those guys that you'd like yeah. to have in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, last one is a tough one for Bennett here. We've got Toronto as the last one being John Tavares. Tavares. Yeah. I even put Tavares, I don't know, maybe slightly ahead of Malkin or right there. So that's just an mm-hmm. one there. That like, Yeah, he's got 62 points in 63 games, so he's yeah, still killing it. Yeah, he'll Playing be with a, someone like Nylander that, like, Nylander's been, Nylander's been amazing. Like one of their best players. He's been on fire all year for him. Probably better than Matthews has been this year. There was something on Nylander about his zone entries. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like tops in the league where he was like 55th or 77th the year prior. He's like in the top 10, 15. So they'll look at that when he wants to be paid again, you know, numbers like that. Yeah. And just from seeing Nylander in some highlights, he's got a lot of clutch goals for him. I think he's got like two overtime winners and I think six or seven game winning goals. So so he's going to credit a lot of that to his centerman probably too. It's just been Tavares a lot. Yeah. He's been on fire for sure. Um, so yeah, that's all the Eastern conference centers. I think we'd probably rank Bennett maybe like eighth, I guess in that middle tier. Um, not as good as Malkin, not as good as Tavares, uh, not he as sure good as he sure. We, he, you know, we had him maybe above cup Jenner, Pinto, Nick Paul, Kuznetsov, Druin. Oh, I forgot. Vincent Trocek, Rangers. Last one. Oh, I mean, do I got to go with my Rangers? <laughs> I'm more of a, I'm a Vinny guy. Like from when yeah. he was on the team for where Bennett is right now. I'm going Trocek. All right. Yeah. I, yeah. Think I think I'm still, a, I uh, might slight edge there. Yeah. He's I know a- he's smaller. He plays a different style. I'm fine with people wanting Bennett. But um, I think if we if we run with Barkov, Trocek, Lundell, we'd be fine. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think Trocek just beats him out for right now. I think, um, to say the least. So, yeah, a little fun thing we thought we'd there to wrap up the, the episode today. So, uh, Ryan Kirby, anything? Any loser of the week, Ryan? You've got it's been a while. You've got to have at least one or something. I haven't even been thinking about the losers, honestly. No, no I mean, football ones, and then you know we got the college basketball coming up. None in hockey, Ryan. No, I, nothing, nothing crazy. No losers of the week from Ryan. All right, all right. I'll right. I'll get one for next. I'll get one for next one. I know hey, there'll be something hey, this weekend. How about working that in on the weekend? Maybe we talked off the air. Yeah, yeah. We'll that in somewhere on that. Okay, little surprise for the audience. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Okay. Well, Ryan Kirby, I don't know if there's anything else you guys want to mention, but I know as always we like to close with, um, you know, shouting out the the fans and the community as always. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the episode, the Discord and everything that's involved with that is just an awesome time to be around. Instagram continues to be a fun uh, avenue to chat with you guys as far, and as well as Twitter. So uh, obviously, very thankful for you guys and everything that you guys um, support us with. And uh, yeah, I always look forward to chatting you guys on a day-to-day basis, especially during the day of the games are always fun. So Ryan Kirby, obviously big games ahead. 
we've got the big weekend ahead and then we wrap up the homestand uh against the uh, who's the last team we play uh, montreal and new jersey um next week so big games ahead obviously the panthers have got to pretty much win out the next you know four games here at at home you know chicago relatively weak opponent winnipeg struggling right now and then montreal uh, New Jersey to wrap up the homestand. So if they can get at least maybe six out of eight, seven of eight, I think would be fantastic. And uh, we just got to keep pace with those guys. So anything, Ryan Kirby, before we wrap up, anything uh, you guys want to um, say? I think we should go 2-0 and this weekend, playing an average Winnipeg team on Saturday and a really bad team in Chicago tomorrow. So I think we'll go 2-0 and and go Cats. Wow. Ryan's very positive. Yeah, and they're coming off a of back to back they got to play the panthers first the jets and then they're in tampa on sunday um when you're when you're up on this team they bring you down and then when you're down on them they bring you back up i was really down on the buffalo and nashville losses but you know they're still in it here they're getting some scoreboard help so i say at worst one in one weekend but i'd love you know three out of four points i think that would situate us really well something like that so cats Mm -hmm. will be in tough back to back bob might be playing both we'll have to see but um yeah let's see if they can have their second three-game winning streak of the season. And that's kind of the first three-game winning streak in a calendar week-ish because remember when they had the three-game winning streak, it was after um, the All-Star break there. Yeah, maybe Barkov gets a couple goals for me this weekend to uh, to pump up my 50-goal uh, prediction there. But oh, uh, at 17, it's not looking nice for, for me. <laughs> so, so to say the least, if Daddy Barkov and the rest of the team can stay healthy, I think uh, we've got a good chance here. Um, during the weekend and obviously going into next week. So uh, look forward to this weekend. Hopefully meet up with some of you guys at the arena. Ryan and I have got a plan at the arena during the weekend mm-hmm. to uh, to get more involved with you guys. So look forward to that. Uh, and hopefully we get an episode here on, on Sunday or Monday. So until next time, I appreciate you guys all listening. Uh, and as always, thank you guys so much for everything. And as always, go Panthers.